0: Father, I pray that you would make us hungry to spend time with you, and that you would cause us to perceive insights from the Holy Spirit when we read your word. Amen. Okay, so for the past two years, for the first time in about a decade, I have not been on an official Bible reading plan. So... The consequence of that was that I haven't taken in as much scripture as I would have otherwise. There have been a number of times when I've gone several days without like, opening the Bible at all or, or pulling, one up on my fo- pulling up uh, scripture on my phone. Um, another consequence of that is that I've been less likely on a daily basis to lead family worship in my home which if you've ever studied or learned about like the principle of having family worship in your home, that's kind of like a major issue of like what parenting is all about. And so that's, that's made me less likely to, to, to hit that, that goal and target every day. And, and that has been a loss to my family. Um, and I've been missing out on more intimacy with my Heavenly Father. And for me, that's like the main thing. So, my point is that because I wasn't on a scripture reading plan for a couple of years, uh, I've been lacking in scriptural nourishment from the Holy Spirit, and I've been suffering for it. And I was wondering if maybe I was not alone in that. So, Since it is voting season and all of you have been bombarded with unsolicited texts on your cell phones day after day, um, we are going to do early voting. Please look in your bulletin or next to your bulletin for a 3 by 5 note card and find a pen. Please number it one through three. And then we need two volunteers to collect the the votes and tally them uh, in like two minutes. One. Two. I see that hand on Vesh. Okay. So first, let's do a, a, a raising of your hands. How many times have you read through the Bible, through the whole Bible, um, before? Zero times. How many times have you read through the Bible once, the, through the whole Bible? Once. Getting more hands. Good. How about Twice. Well, just you're only supposed to raise your hand once. We're gonna go up in numbers. Okay, zero, we got that. If you've read through the Bible once, but only once. Okay, how about twice? Some more hands? Three times or more? Okay, great, good, okay. So we have a pretty broad spread here. That was what I was anticipating, and that's perfect. I've read through it three times in its entirety, and then I've spent, of course, lots of other time in it, like I would expect most of us have. So. On your ballots, number one, are you currently doing a Bible reading plan? What I mean by that is a plan to read through the whole Bible in a year. Not all Bible reading plans are read through the whole Bible in a year. Let's say let's include up to two years. Um, Are you currently doing a Bible reading plan where you're kind of keeping track of how many chapters you do a day or where an app or something or a or a paper list of you read these chapters on these days and you check the boxes or you press the button on your app or something and it keeps track of it so yes or no are you doing a one uh, a bible reading plan that gets you through the whole bible within two years or less okay number two do you better enjoy reading a hard copy of the bible or reading the Bible on an app, on your device, or reading the Bible on a website like Blue Letter Bible or Bible Gateway or ESV.org. So put hard copy or digital. Does audio count? I guess that's digital. Oh, yeah, let put digital for that. Yeah. Unless it's a tape. If you listen to it on tape, actually tape, then you can put hard copy. Number three, excuse me, would you rather keep track of your Bible reading plan on paper? So like, I I wrote out the 66 books of the Bible in like super small print, and then I put like little boxes, so like Genesis has like 50 boxes in sets of 10, Um, but it's easier to keep track of if you do uh, nine for the first one, and then sets of 10 after that because you don't get confused on the numbers. And then so I had like little boxes after each book of the Bible, and I had it all on about a half a sheet of paper, and I taped it to like the back of my desk, and it was kind of exciting to go through and like with my pencil, and I realized pencils are going out of style, like put a little X through the little boxes every time I read a chapter. So would you rather keep track of your Bible reading plan on paper like that or something like that, or electronically? For example, an app that keeps track of it for you. If you just do it mentally and you're just reading through the Bible and you have a bookmark in your Bible or a mental bookmark on the last chapter you read, uh, just put paper, paper electronically. Cast your ballots. Okay, please collect and tally those results, we'll get right back to them. Um, So why is the Bible special uh, or necessary? How many of you have read this document published by GCF, authored by our own GW? Search the Scripture Series, Taking Bible Study to a Fruitful Level, Part 1A, the Bible on the importance of Bible study. Raise your hand if you have, like, read this or you recognize it at all. One. seventy-nine. Okay. So, um, my hope... Is that pretty much everybody at GCF, as long as GCF is around, reads this and spends some time in this. If you get nothing from this message, but you uh, talk to Christiana, Deanna, Anvesh, uh, me, like anybody, and you get a hold of a copy of the Bible on the importance of Bible study and spend some time reading through it and meditating on the verses, um, that then you will then you can just take a coffee break and skip the rest of this message. Um, It has different sections numbered with the results of Bible study, Um, like 14 practical results and effects or themes. Number one is Jesus, seeking, finding, and knowing him. Number two, uh, it yields growth and the blessing of God and so on. And there are like 14 of them but that list really continues. In fact, number 14 is, and so forth, ellipsis, etc. So there are 13 and beyond. So if you get nothing else out of this, talk to somebody, get a hold of this, stick it, stick it on your nightstand, read it when you go to sleep, read a section at a time, and read it slowly and meditatively. Uh, read it at the dinner table. Read through a couple of verses and ask the Lord to cause them to become... The culture of your family life uh, at the dinner table, and spend you know six weeks to go through it, or two weeks to go through it, or something. You know, make it uh, make that work for you. Put some shoe leather on it. Make it walk. So, do we have the results of our vote? We're working on that. Working on it. Thank you. That is so true to life. If you remember the last election, Everybody remembers the last election? Okay. Yeah, okay. So why, um, so the Bible does not speak in audio intonation, nor does it have a soundtrack, nor is there any smell or taste that you get as as you read it, but the Bible speaks in word pictures that are much better than just matter of fact, what they call didactic teaching, right? So didactic teaching is you got a fact and somebody stands up and they tell you or they read you the fact. So God loves you. That's true. That was didactic teaching. But the Bible says things like, your words are sweeter to me than honey, sweeter than the drippings of the honeycomb. I... I love food. And and the pleasure of taking your spoon and dipping it into I've never like gotten into a real honeycomb, but you know, they take a chunk out of honeycomb and they put it in a little plastic thing and, and it's like in your cupboard. And like when I was a kid I would sneak up and I would stick my spoon into the, the honeycomb. It was the family honeycomb. <laughs> and you know, and then you, you try to like drink the honey and try not to eat too much of the wax. Like the pleasures of that to a child are, I mean, you can see it, right? And that's how the Bible speaks. Like, when when it says, like, your words are sweeter than the drippings of the honeycomb. That actually says more than, like, God loves me. Even though they both mean the same thing. When he says, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's just another way of saying, I love you. That, and God loves you, means the same thing. But the way the Bible speaks is immeasurably superior to the most basic and plain of didactic teaching. And so when we read and we see and we taste and see that the Lord is good, and when we read the scripture, Thoughtfully and imaginatively and carefully and uh, with our senses, um, that's that's. Uh, then we understand the truth that Scripture is communicating, and we know the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Scripture is good. Is the point of that? It's good for food. Do we have the results of our uh, voting yet? Still tallying? It'll be a while. It'll be a while, again, so true to life. So, who's heard of uh, terms like the inspiration, inerrancy, and authority of scripture? Who's ever taken a class or read a book where you part of the class was to define that? What part of the book? Just a few, okay. So, the inspiration of scripture is a principle whereby we understand that just as to inspire is to breathe into, so when God breathed into Adam the breath of life and he became a living being or a living soul, in similar fashion, the words of scripture, all of them in their entirety and completeness were breathed by the Spirit of God into the hearts and the minds of the people that wrote it down at God's special command during that season of history when God was identifying special words and accounts and teachings that he wanted written down for all the church for the ages to come. So the doctrine of the inspiration of scripture is that God breathed and spoke, that God communicated through people not unlike you and me, which is pretty amazing. But because God was able to speak the world into existence and to create living beings just by breathing of his spirit into them, it is an easy thing for God to communicate actual truth that is understandable by people who are as far, who are much farther removed from the wisdom and intelligence and scope of the mind of God uh, than like the highest archangel and a little, is from a little ant. Like we are much farther from the mind of God and, and the breadth of his understanding um, than, than like, you know, a seraph or a, or a mighty cherub wielding a flaming sword and a bug, like, bigger gap here. But God, is it hard for the Lord to actually speak true things and make sure they get written down accurately, even though he's speaking through man? To us, in our modern mind, we say, well, there are probably errors, but that's a pretty absurd statement. It's a bold statement for somebody who is, figuratively speaking, more narrow-minded than a bug. Relative to the one for whom it is not hard nor impossible to do all things. Amen. So, from the, inspira- the doctrine of the inspiration of Scripture, that God breathed these things, come the doctrines of the inerrancy, that the Scripture in its original manuscripts perfectly contained the words of God. Not all of God's thoughts, but clearly contained the thoughts that God wanted to communicate and have written down, and that it was written down accurately. That's an easy thing, a very easy thing, for somebody who can make the world. That's the doctrine of the inerrancy of Scripture, and out of those two, we get the doctrine of the authority of Scripture, that God is able to speak to us from the recorded verses of Scripture and the and even the storyline arc of the narrative of scripture uh, in such a way that he is able to command and teach and recreate us after the image of our creator. That's the doctrine of the authority of scripture. Do we need that? What was our, one of our theme verses that we wove into over the last couple of messages on Psalm 84 and 48? The heart, my heart, deceit, my heart lies like nothing else lies. Jeremiah 17:9 9 or 19. Uh, I should know it. I should remove it a little more. Um, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick or beyond cure. Who can even understand it? Who can know, like... the the fallacies of my heart. Yes, I need the scripture. One of my favorite quotes, um, one of the presidents of the college I went to, his name was Bill Brown. uh, He said in a chapel service one day, I need to renew my mind in the scripture at least every day, or the gravity of my depravity will bring me down. Depraved means... There is sin living within me. And, and that's, that's way worse than that statement sounds on the surface. So. I don't think this move of God that we're anticipating is going to come unless we are able to hear God's word. Because we have memorized it. And all he has to do is speak to us from the memorized scripture written on the book of our minds. That's the point of this message. Loving scripture, enjoying reading scripture, having a sense, I gotta open my Bible. I really wanna, I really wanna open that app and, and read some scripture this morning or read some scripture tonight or, or you're on a bus or a commuter in class, hopefully not in class, and, um, and you just like, kind of have this itch to read Scripture, and you, you want to be near the Lord, and, and to you, that means i got to open my Bible. That is one of the vital signs of life that, uh, that are present in all Christians. The discipline of reading the Scripture, coupled with asking your Father to reveal himself to you while you're reading it can lead to the love of Scripture. Why do we read the Bible? Is it because I'm super sinful and depraved and i got to get corrected? Like, every day? Yeah, true. We read the Bible because we like God. We read Scripture every day Because he has not called us servants, he has called us friends. We won't know who God is if we don't study the Bible. And that includes Christians. Because my mind is always going to try to produce a warped view of God or try to crowd him out of my heart with idols. Because my heart is an idol producing factory. Okay, so we've all read Ephesians chapter six. And we remember the command to take up the shield of faith with which to extinguish the flaming uh, darts of the evil one, right? Of Satan. And to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But how about this? If I have faith in God, I lost my place. If I have faith in God, but my faith isn't based on what scripture says about God, I lost my place again. Sorry. If I have faith in God, but my faith isn't based on what Scripture says about God, then I have a shield in my hand, but no sword. You can't have faith in God if you don't know what the Bible says about God. You have faith in an idol, you have faith in an imaginary God. Christians and non-Christians, the church and the unchurched alike, or the new to church alike, are fully susceptible to this. But there is no God except he who is revealed in the written word of God and in the person of Jesus Christ, who stands among us, fellowshipping with us and revealing himself uh, to each other through the individual persons and his indwelling spirit and the scripture, which... um, which is bearing fruit and yielding fruit and watering each other and producing the growth as we like one, like, like branches connected to the vine, bear fruit together and not separately. So these things are the ultimate undoing of the doctrine that I only need my Bible and that's it. I don't need the church, I don't need the Holy Spirit but our point is that we desperately need the scripture and I need more scripture and I think that's a common thing in the culture of GCF. So this is an invitation to be thirsty and to come be satisfied. So true, the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus and points us to the Father, but he does that with the word of God and through the church, which is his body. Could we have a church if we didn't have a Bible or a Holy Spirit? No, that would be impossible. Why then do I think I can live without reading the Bible as if I've read enough of it already to know the ways of God? I need to renew my mind in the Word of God at least every day or the gravity of my depravity will bring me down. So how about it? What if I have the shield of faith, but I don't have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God? How many of you would like to go down into one-on-one, mono-a-mono combat with a shield in your hand, but no sword in the other? I guess if your adversary gets too close, you can shove them pretty hard, butt them with your shield, and maybe he'll stumble, but he's not going to go down. How do you defeat Satan? With the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We say it again. How do we defeat Satan? By recalling to memory Scripture that we have hidden in our hearts the promises and commands of God and then we are able to think differently than the evil temptations and harmful ideas that arise from within me or from without. So let's pause and make a scripture memory note card from Psalm 119, verse 11. You can flip there or I'll read it to you. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. One way to do this, is to, as I think everybody knows, is to write Psalm 119, column 11 on one side of the note card and then flip it over and write the verse. Whatever you want to do is fine. Can you repeat those? Yeah. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. The way I knew it was. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So here's an example of that. Your coworker comes to you and they just look you right in the eye and they give you a lot of attention, but your husband is at home and you think, wow, my husband doesn't pay this much attention to me. This man's making me feel really special. All right, in your heart, you're developing an idol. It's, I got to feel special even if it displeases the Lord and displaces the command of God. So the first thing that pops into your mind should be, You shall not commit adultery. That precious command that, along with, You shall not covet and you shall have no other gods before me. Quickly, calls your heart and your mind away from that entangling kind of thought, that, that lustful thought that every young man knows so well. And these commands that you have poured over, because you've read the Ten Commandments as you were going to sleep, and you've read them at the dinner table, and if you don't do that already, you're about to start. Until these commands become so precious and beautiful to you, that words... The words like, you shall have no other gods before me. You've meditated on it for enough years that one day it dawned on you that if I had other gods before the Lord, I would be a miserable wretch. And I actually have been a pretty miserable wretch uh, off and on through the years, um, minutes to hours to months and years. And it was always you discern by the power of the Holy Spirit as he illuminates your mind to understand that scripture years later after you read it the first time. He shows you supernaturally I will be satisfied if I delight myself in the Lord. In a way that I can never be satisfied if other people please me or if I get what I want. That's what it means to I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You just whipped out a sword and you just slayed that snake, that, that dragon, that, that rose up to tempt and test you under the sovereignty of God. But the Lord himself stood beside you with his sword in your hand. Another thing, you won't be able to prophesy, since we're a charismatic congregation, You won't be able to prophesy if your mind and heart aren't full of scripture. What is prophecy? Does God ever change his mind or say anything new? No. He says the same things he's been saying all along that his will is to bring together a sanctified people under one head, even Jesus Christ, and that his glory will fill the earth, and that we must and, and may go out and disciple all nations by teaching them... No, an altar call. <laughs> what? Teaching them all that he's commanded. So, test time. Close your Bibles, close your eyes, just pretend um, and write down all that he has commanded. Eh. Already done. Already done. As Morgan raises her Bible, A plus. <laughs> so, so how can I disciple anybody? And all of us are called to disciple every single one. There's no exception to that. So all of us are called to make personal disciples once we ourselves have been trained by being discipled and have been discipled by Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit in what things are we learning? We're learning the word of God, not didactically, although that's valuable. The word of God is changing our hearts and only the word of God can change your heart because if God doesn't speak it, no amount of preaching or teaching or study or whatever or church and up is ever gonna change my, my heart. I need heart transformation, and that comes from something more powerful than, you know, something like this good book, Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. It's a good book. It comes from supernatural words that God is breathing out and accompanying. His spirit is with the words, like, like little arrows that wound but do not destroy. They, they cut to the heart like a surgeon's scalpel, and they get to the heart of the matter, they get to my idol. And I've got lots of those. And once those are gone, I'll have more tomorrow. I need the word of God every day. So, so he's bringing us together under one head, King and Lord Jesus. And he's, he's filling us with his spirit to have our, his law written on our hearts. That doesn't happen magically we will have to actually read his law. The law of God is the word of God, the Bible. We were cleansed by his blood and we must be washed by his word. By reading the Bible, we know Jesus and Jesus is the word and the word is truth. And we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. So Jesus will show us the father and that is what we've all been waiting for. We want to see and know our Father. First John three two says, Beloved, we are God's children now. Thank you. And what we will thank you. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears we shall be like Him because we shall see him as he is. This means that whether I die and am ushered immediately into the beautiful presence of God, or whether we who are alive and still remain here at the second coming of Jesus, having never left us alone on earth, he will then take us up into the heavenly holy of holies, and so we will be with the Lord forever. We want to see and know our Father. fellowshipping with him, then face to face, but now as the church gathers for the spirit to speak with us through the word of God as we read it and hear it. We need more of him. Therefore, we need more of the word of God in our minds and in our hearts. Make time to read the Bible, but open, the, but open those pages knowing that the unfolding of his word gives light and gives understanding to the simple. Psalm 119 verse 130. Let's make a note card for that one. The unfolding of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So that's me. I'm like regularly thinking, okay, James uh, chapter one or two. Like, uh, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. He gives generously. He's not going to find fault. He's not going to say, like, you don't deserve it. He's going to give me wisdom. So I'm always asking for that. I'm always asking for understanding because let's face it, I don't have anywhere near the level of like awesome understanding I would need to be like a church elder or something. You know, like, that takes God supernaturally training me and teaching me and giving me supernatural insights all the time. And so where do I go? Psalm 119, verse 130. The unfolding of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So I am willing to be simple. I am, you know. But I need understanding. And I need the spirit to illuminate the scriptures. The unfolding of your word gives light It gives understanding to the simple. And in reading the scripture, we discern not just light and wisdom and understanding, but we realize that when he said, let there be light, and light is coming out from him, and there's no need of the light of a lamp or the light of the sun in heaven, because the Lord our God himself is the source of all light. What that means isn't there isn't going to be electricity or there isn't going to be solar power anymore. It means we're going to see God and we'll get it, really get it, because we see his face. And what we need is to see and know our Father. And in reading the scripture, we discern and see Christ himself. And Jesus is always showing us the Father. Is it hard to read the Bible? Who's had that thought before? I'm surprised not everybody raised their hand. I often think it's hard to read the Bible. but, But no, if I'm willing, reading the Bible is an easy thing. Remember when Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And First John 5, 3 says, his commands are not burdensome. Is it hard to shut down my phone and open a Bible? Yeah, for just a second. But when I go to sleep without reading any scripture, I either don't have as much of the peace of God about me at best, or I begin to make a series of self-centered and evil decisions at worst and there are always idols involved. There's my job, you know, I, I gotta stay up late and I gotta finish this thing on my work computer, and as soon as it's done, I'm out of energy and I'm going to bed, and no scripture, maybe tomorrow. You know, how many nights has that happened? My, my pleasure, like, no, I, I just gotta go on this bike ride. I, I don't have time to read my Bible. I gotta, it's already late, I gotta start the movie now. Like, and my pride, you know winning the argument at my wife's expense, and so on. There's always an idol involved in why I don't read the scripture. And what did that lead to? That led to me being oh so upset that I couldn't stop being upset and just read my Bible. So the idols are hidden, and, and they're de- your heart is deceitful. But the word of God is a mighty and precious cure for the idols of our heart. So let's read our, uh, our tallies here. Thank you for voting. Are you currently doing a Bible reading plan in a year or two? Um, we had yes, 62% of people. I'm really happy to hear that. That's great. No, 37.9%. So, do you better enjoy reading a hard copy of the Bible, 51.7%, or digital, 48% percent. Okay. Would you rather keep track of progress electronically or on paper? Electronically just over half, paper just less than half. So I didn't anticipate so many people would like keeping track of it on paper so I didn't uh, print up like one of these little like where I wrote out all the books of the Bible and made like little boxes one for each chapter but if you do that it, will, it can get exciting and stimulate your appetite and hunger for more scripture. And if you want my copy of it, just text me or ask me or email me, okay? Um, so this is an invitation to join a Bible reading plan club and for accountability. Um, please pull out, this might be your last note card. You should have two. Um, I'd like to ask you to write something on your last card. And this one's a little bit more personal. If you are not doing uh, something like a Bible in a Year plan, um, please write down if you would like to. Just say, "I would like to start a Bible in a year plan." And then for the second part, uh, you don't have to write it all out. I would like to follow or I would like the following person to be my accountability partner um, For example, uh, you could choose your discipleship group leader or one of your housemates. Try to choose somebody who, who you know really loves scripture. You'll have better results out of that accountability relationship. So I'd like to ask those to be, uh, you can uh, bring, bring them up and we'll do an ultra call. Please put them up here when you're done. A little small demonstration of you know, your commitment that you mean it. There's something good about the ultra call. Not much, but something. So um, who would like to look on their phones? Actually, we're running low on time. Okay. So on my phone, I go to Google Play, or what's the, what's the iPhone one? The, what's the thing you go to, get to to get apps on an iPhone? iTunes? Okay. App Store. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so, so I go there. I'm in the Google Play Store. There's a little thing at the top. I click on it. I type, holy space Bible. I kind of thought there'd be like tons of spiritual warfare in this, but it ended up being super easy, and then I clicked the little magnifying glass, because in the old days, you used to search things with a magnifying glass. And the first one up is, uh, is, it's a little picture of a thing that says Holy Bible, and it's a really good app. Um, it's published by, uh, let me tell you the publisher, if anybody has it before I do, version. That's... That's one I'm suggesting. Of course, there are others, and maybe you have a better suggestion. So, I've used that one for like 10 years. Um, it's been immeasurably helpful. It's, it could be a better app, and sometimes it like has trouble connecting, but it's pretty good, and it's been good enough for me. So, the U version, all one word, Y O U V E R You could just type that in in the Google Play Store, U version Bible, and that should pull it up. Um, it's free, it's very good. Uh, in that, there are Bible reading plans. Click on whole Bible. And you could do chronological. That's always been my favorite one. You could just do like the 365 day read through the Bible. And there are a billion like shorter ones and themed ones. And you know, like Bible reading plans for youth groups, Bible reading plans for the elderly, Bible reading plans for men, women, and children, Bible reading plans for surfers, Bible reading plans for bookworms. Just, just pick the whole Bible. That's a suggestion. Do whatever you want, but... That one has been tremendously fruitful for me. Um, You can, if you choose the, if you're, if you're reading through in the ESV translation, which I usually do, um, it'll read to you, and the quality of the guy's voice that reads it is really good. Um, I always get probably three times as much out of my Bible reading if I'm reading it than I do when I'm listening to it. You know, especially if I'm doing something else while listening to it. So, as much as you can, look at the words and read them yourself. If you read them out loud, there's this thing that um, people who study learning and how learning works will tell you that if I'm if I'm reading a book out loud to myself, I'm seeing it. So that's one sense, one connection pathway to my brain and then I'm speaking it. So my brain is processing it enough that I'm sending a signal so that I'm telling my mouth to move and I'm saying it so that uh, we might say doubles, although I don't know the, the numbers, we might say doubles how well I'm going to learn and retain it. But then I also hear myself reading as I'm reading. So now there's another path into my brain. So if you study Principles of learning, how well, like let's say you take one person who listens to an audio Bible, one person who reads it with their eyes, and one person who reads it out loud. Um, in general, the person reading it out loud to themselves and hearing themselves read as they go will understand it better. It will increase your reading comprehension. I'm, you know, everybody's a good reader, but, but it'll, you really will comprehend it better if you read it out loud to yourself. I, I try to do that. Um, but if you, but in between times when you, when you've made time for that because it's worth it, uh, add listening to it too. That that really helps. But that's not the main thing for me. That's never been nearly as fruitful. Um, did we do uh, Psalm 119 verse uh, 11 yet? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Good. So ask God to give you faith that if you historically have not been a disciplined person, ask God to give you faith that you can change and become a diligent reader of Scripture. Wouldn't the Lord be pleased to answer that prayer? Ask him to give you a vision for what he can do with one willing person whose mind and heart is filled with Scripture. Ask him to give you a vision for what he can do with one willing person whose mind and heart is filled with scripture. In this congregation, we have a few of them. And, and just think about their way of life and imitate their faith. That faith started with, I'm a lowly person. I desperately need the word of God. I need as much of it as I can get into my mind and my heart. And, and that led to the action of diligent and disciplined reading of the word of God, which stimulated and built the hunger for the word of God and the hunger for God himself. And God was discerned in the, in the unfolding of the word, which gives light and understanding to the simple. We're not trying to be knowledgeable Christians alone, but the knowledge of God is essential to knowing God. Because if you have faith without scripture, you actually don't know God. You have to have faith to read scripture to know him. That's, that's more of the goal. So ask him to um, open your eyes to see wonderful things in his law. Psalm 119 verse 118. If you just jot that down real quick and make a note card for it at your convenience. In fact, we'll do that at the end. Um, but just write that reference down if you would on one side and don't write the verse out yet. Pray that he will open your eyes to see wonderful things in his law. Pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened to know the hope to which he has called you. Ask him to give you strength on a daily basis to put off your old ways of managing your time and come to him desperate for his presence and for wisdom from the scripture then come delight yourself in him as you feast on the word. I wanna read a quote from uh, uh, How People Change, and the name of the author is slipping my mind. He alone can give you last, no, it's uh, it's from Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. He alone can give you a lasting joy, peace, strength, and security. As you delight yourself more and more in him, he will purify your heart and fill it with desires he is eager to satisfy. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you will sit there at the table and eat and drink with Jesus. And Christ will live in your heart through faith. So let's make our last note card together. And when each person is finished, we'll quietly be dismissed for a coffee break. Uh, please be back by 1030. It's. Uh, Uh, 10, 21 now. The last verse is from Psalm 119, verse 118. It's a prayer for us to start praying as a congregation that God opens our eyes to see him and to have our minds renewed by the word of God. And I'm applying that by saying this scripture is an invitation to start or get back on your Bible reading plan to read through the Bible. Psalm 119, verse 118. As you guys are reading that, um, I can remember the year my father started reading through the Bible in a year. And he's read through the Bible every year. He is 82 this year. And he is a changed man. He was a Christian before then, but he is a changed man. I need to be like that. I want that. I want to see and know my Father. Thank you.